Good morning. How is everybody? Amen. So good to see each and every one of you. Hallelujah. Glory. I tell you, I think about y'all all week. I know you think about us. We, we pray for one another. There's strength in numbers. Amen. You're important in uh, the Lord's plan and in the Lord's will, and you're important in our life. God's building a family. Amen. And He needs each and every one of us. He can't do what He wants to do unless you and I are in our place in His time. Amen? Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Uh, so here we are on Memorial Day. Let's, let's, let's open up with prayer. Let's thank the Lord for uh, the freedom that we have. And um, let's thank Him for those who gave all. They, they gave everything that you and I might be able to have uh, the ability to choose whether we serve God or not, choose whether we go to church or not, choose whether uh, where we live. You know, a lot of people in places today, they don't have choices like you and I have. We've got choices because of the freedom that has been gave to us. So uh, let, let's just let's offer up a, a prayer of thanksgiving and a prayer for everyone uh, that has gave their life and the families who have missed out on things in this world. But guess what? There's something coming that will be even better. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, right now as a group of believers, Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you have gave us liberty and freedom as a nation, that you have gave us certain inalienable rights, Lord, that you moved by your Spirit upon men and who chose to follow you and who chose to have a love that was beyond just a normal love, but it was a love that was instilled like the love that you gave, love that we even went through the grips of death. Father, And we pray, Lord, that you would just touch families who are hurting and still in a place of longing for a reuniting. Lord, let them come to a place of understanding that through Jesus Christ that there will be a great gathering. There will be a sounding one of these days of a trumpet. And from all the four corners of the world, from there will be things brought back together that seemingly would be impossible, Father. And we choose to rejoice in that. We choose to thank you for that. Father, and this morning as we go deeper into your will and your way, I ask that you would touch each person. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Give us a wise and understanding heart. And Lord, let every person be refreshed. Let them be blessed. Let them hear specifically what you're saying to them. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. And we all say, Amen. Amen. If you would, open up your Bibles to uh, the epistle of uh, the church at Philippi, the book of Philippians, and uh, Philippians chapter 1. And you remember about seven months ago, the Lord took us on what He entitled a joy journey. How many remember that? Well, evidently, I didn't apply that as I should because the Spirit of God's been dealing with me about that. And just to be all honest with you, I had to repent about some things because, uh, you know, when you hear something under the anointed, you're responsible to live by it. And I hadn't been living by that. And so he said, I want you to go back, uh, not only for your benefit, but for the benefit of the people. And I want you to uh, bring the, the, the uh, understanding about joy in a new angle, a new way. So this morning, uh, you and I are going to look at the, at the search for joy. the source of joy, and then the secret of joy. And as we look at these, I believe it will help us because you and I need to understand in these last days before the coming of the Lord, uh, the only way that we're going to make it is we've got to be a group of people that has the joy of the Lord in our lives. And if we're going to be the witness and the testimony that the Lord would have us to be bringing in the last day harvest, who would want to come to a Lord that didn't have followers who were joyful. Amen. Hallelujah. Now there's great possibilities today. You can leave here in a newfound attitude with a newfound anointing because when God brings, uh, when, when he waters a word, say, I love to sow new seeds. I love that. that. But the Lord has been dealing with me about you need to do some more watering and stop doing so much sowing. And so we're going to do that. But when you water seed, that means it's time for a harvest. Say, I'm ready. 
Amen. All right, Philippians chapter 1, verse number 3. If you're there, say amen. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 3. The Apostle Paul, by the unction of the Spirit of God, says to the, the churches, he says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you, all making request with joy. Underline that in your mind's eye. Making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day unto now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Being fully persuaded of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Sister Victoria, would you pray? Yes. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Sister Victoria. Hallelujah. Glad Brother A.G.'s here this morning. Good to see him. Hallelujah. Glad Brother Henry come through the surgery well. He's here. Hallelujah. Glory. I believe that. I believe that. Amen. Because I felt y'all's prayers that God is a good God. Amen. And he strengthens his people by his people. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to say this. I don't know how this ties in with it, but I feel like the, the Spirit of God would have me to say this. Uh, we're, I don't think we're going to touch on that unless the Lord would change and lead in that direction. Um, but the Spirit of God wants me to say, you know what one of the biggest thieves of joy is? Do you know what one of the biggest thieves of joy is? You and I are supposed to be a joyful group of people, but one of the biggest thieves... Uh, our, one of our presidents, Teddy Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, he made this statement. He said that comparison is the thief of joy. So the Spirit of God, I'm just saying what he says, okay? Stop comparing your life, your situation to other people. God made you the way he made you. He has a plan and a destiny for you. You were created for His pleasure and for you to please Him, then be who you are. Amen? Rejoice in that. Glory. All right, we'll let that lie. But you take it home with you, amen? All right. So let's, let's see some things this morning so we can understand this. Now, when Paul starts talking about uh, praying for those uh, in the church, here specifically Philippi, but he's, this is to you and I this morning. Uh, so his, realize that your prayers, they don't stop when you die. They have life and they keep going and going and going. So the, Paul, the, the, the prayer of Paul, the prayer of Jesus, the, all the prayers uh, even of mom and daddy, come on, they still have power to them and they're, and they're still working in your life. But as we read this where Paul talks about praying for those And he talks about with joy making his request. Now, you would think that the Apostle Paul was in a paradise because he's talking about joy. And while instead of being in a paradise, he's in a prison. He's in a prison cell. He's in the worst of all conditions it could be. It would be nothing like the prisons that you and I know about here in America today. Uh, and that's another message for another time. But uh, he, he's, he's in that situation, in that circumstance, but he's not letting that circumstance determine whether he has joy or not. What determines the reality of, of the Apostle Paul's joy is that he has Jesus. So this morning, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I've been uh, uh, under conviction and, 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 and uh, basically all week about some things uh, about not having joy not letting it rule and reign, not letting it bear fruit in my life because of, of, of certain circumstances and certain situations. But those circumstances and situations have no impact on who I know. Say, I get all confused. I, I get to thinking about, uh, like we do sometimes, I get to thinking about happiness versus joy. Happiness, as we always say, is, is something that, that is external. It's something uh, that is impacted on the outside. But joy, uh, happiness is a product uh, of something uh, that you come in contact with. But joy is a product 
of Jesus. It's a fruit of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because He abides and lives in you, you have access to pull from that joy no matter what's happening around you. Amen? And so, uh, as a group of believers, I think the Spirit of God is wanting to, to get us to refocus on situations and circumstances. And we don't rejoice uh, because of what's happening or because where we're at, but we rejoice in the Lord. Come on, not, not we can rejoice through the situation, through the circumstance. We don't rejoice for bad things because the devil is the author of bad things. But we rejoice in the reality that through the bad things, through the storms, through the trials of life, Jesus is with us. Amen? And he's going to hold our hand. And so, uh, quickly, I want you to notice here that what he said. Uh, Paul said, I can make these requests with joy because, first of all, I have, you have fellowship in the gospel. Now, th- this word fellowship, you and I have partnership. The Lord God Almighty says that we can partner with Him in the gospel, in the good news, in the things that brings temporal to eternity, that brings a halt to the work of the enemy and brings <laughs> forth the plan and the manifestation, the goodness of our God, our Father in heaven. Amen? I'm a partner. You're a partner. And so this morning we've got to recognize and realize I can have joy. I can make requests with joy because I'm a partner with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a partner, of course, we can have limited partnerships and all of these things. But you and I have got to see from the Word of God, Romans chapter 8 specifically, that we're a hundred percent partner. We're not a limited partner. We don't have a, uh, just a little bit of stock invested in this. We have been bought with a price. We've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We've been made righteous. We're justified. We have full stock and share in this partnership in the gospel. Amen? And so with that reality, you and I can have joy because we can see and understand that God has a destiny and a plan for our lives to work in us and through us uh, that is not just about the mundane thing of the moment of life, but it's about the eternal consequences of life. Amen? Now notice what he said. He said, you and I can be fully confident of this one thing. When there's a lot of things that you and I, especially as we look at where we're at now as a nation, and we look at uh, where we have got um, leaders that have been placed in positions, and they do not have wisdom, they're not making wise choices, and those choices are going to have an impact on us, on our children, uh, if the Lord tarries, on, our, on, on the, the whole destiny of the future. Amen? And so we've got to be confident in the Lord. Our confidence is not in our government, though we pray for our government, because First Timothy 2.1 tells us that God said He commands us to pray for all. We're supposed to pray for our president. We're supposed to pray for our Congress, our senators. They need it. And all of those things. But uh, but you and I are not confident in that. What we're confident is that God started a work in me. Say, God started a work in me. And because you have believed in the heart and confessed with the mouth, you can be joy, uh, joyful. You can make requests uh, unto the Lord with joy because God said that He would be faithful to perform it, to complete it. Aren't you glad that you're not who you were yesterday? But you're not going to be who you are forever today. You're going to be completed day by day. Come on. You're being made into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're growing up under the head, Jesus, the full stature. Amen. That's you're, you're, So you can be joyful this morning to recognize and realize, hey, things may not be too good in this area, in the natural, but I'm not limited to the natural. My source is my partner. My source is Jesus Christ, His will, His plan for my life. So I'm going to get my focus on that, and I'm going to worship God anyway. I'm going to love on the Lord anyway. I'm going to hold on to His hand anyway. And as I do that, all of a sudden, everything around me, it changes. That's your God, amen? That's my God. That's the truth. All right, so let's look at some things I think that will help us. Let's go to the book, the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes chapter 2. And let's look at the search, the search for joy. Everybody is looking. They're running to and fro trying to find 
happiness. They're trying to find a substitution for joy. And the only way that you and I can find true joy is having this intimacy with the Lord. And so let's look at an example here. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse number 1, and I admonish you, you know, if you have a hard time reading, understanding this in the King James, get, get, get something that you can understand. Uh, because uh, I love the King James, but sometimes, um, you, you know, it, it's just a little up here. Um, Solomon says, he says, I said in my heart, go to now and I will prove thee with mirth and therefore enjoy pleasure. And behold, this also is vanity. It's also emptiness. It's also unsatisfactory. Solomon is saying, he, he said, I got in the place and the position where I, I just sought to, to, to find happiness. I sought everything that would touch me externally. Uh, I, I, anything that I saw, I got it. Anything that I wanted, I thought about it, and I made it happen. And, and he said, I saw that all of these things, that they were empty. They, they didn't have no substance to them. Even though they had a substance in the natural, you're a spirit being. And you, you're looking for something that is substance in the spirit, amen? Something that is eternal, something that's not temporal. And, and, and you know, Paul warned us uh, uh, in the New Testament about the Epicureans. And that's, that's the source of what uh, Solomon is talking about here. The Epicureans, that's the only thing they sought was pleasure. They, they only sought the, the things that would, would make them happy in the flesh. Well, if you and I, if the only thing that we sow to is the flesh when it comes to reaping, come on, Galatians 6, 8, that's all we're going to reap is of the flesh, and that is not going to be eternal, but that's very temporal. It's very fleeing, amen? And I don't know about you, my flesh, what satisfies it one time for a moment, the next time won't even touch it. So it's always progressive. I'm always having to step. I'm always moving the line. And the line is getting farther away from God and getting closer to the devil. And you get closer to the devil, you're getting closer to death. Amen? You're getting more bound up and you don't even know it. You don't even see it until one day you go to shake yourself. Verse number two. I said of laughter, it is mad. And of mirth, what doeth it? In other words, he said, after, after I seen those things that I was chasing, uh, uh, it, it didn't mean anything. It, 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 the, 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 the happiness in the flesh the, and, and, and the laugh, laughing in the flesh, it, it was so fleeing. It was so uh, unsatisfactory. Verse number three. He said, I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainted my heart with wisdom and to lay hold on folly till I might see what was... What was that good for the sons of men, which they should go do under the heaven all the days of their life? You and I, the epistle of James, is chapter 3, is a, is a pivotal chapter. It tells you about heavenly wisdom and earthly wisdom. And if you're not familiar with it, I urge you uh, just to, to meditate on that, on that third chapter and, and to make sure the devil isn't working in your life and disguising earthly wisdom with heavenly wisdom. See, earthly wisdom is really from the devil, but it looks and sounds normal. Remember, Proverbs 14, Proverbs 16, there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is death, right? So we've got to be on guard and we've got to rationalize and see. So we're not missing our point. We're looking for the search, the search for joy. Everybody is searching for joy. Everybody, they think it's either in the, in the, in the new job or, or the new relationship or the new home or the new car or, 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 or the new vacation. All of these things. Everybody puts it to, to something where joy is from someone. Amen? It's from the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, I, I'm tired of chasing the wind, aren't you? And I want to be an instrument in the Lord's hands. He wants to raise his church up to be an instrument to show people the truth. To help them to see that there is more, more than the next thing. It's not about the next thing. It's about the main thing. It's about him in my life, in your life right now this morning. Amen? All right. Let's drop down to verse number 11. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11. Uh, 
Well, no, let's, 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 uh, let's, let's, verse number nine. He said, so I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. Now, now see, Solomon is trying to, to, to impart something to us because God allowed him to keep his wisdom in this situation and circumstance. Under a normal situation, you lose it. It gets swallowed up. But see, God is using him to bring forth this truth and to show us. Uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, you'll never understand it unless you and I see that it's written to the flesh body. It's written to the person that walks under the sun. If you want to have success in the flesh, you need to master this book. This book will show you how to, to overcome the flesh and to walk in the spirit and not make the mistakes uh, that the world makes. Amen. All right, so he said, I, I had all of these things. And look what he said, verse number 10. And whatsoever my eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion of my labor. Verse 11. Then I looked on all the works of my hands that had wrought, and the labor that I had labored to do, and behold all, how much? All was vanity, emptiness, and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit, there was nothing eternal in the flesh under the sun. So he, he said it was vexation of spirit. In other words, he said, I, I'm chasing the wind, feeding on the wind. And, and so we've got to recognize that there is Rurok, the, the, whole, the Holy Spirit uh, uh, of the living God, uh, He's a spirit. But the devil has a spirit. And so Solomon is saying here, I was feeding on the wind. When you see wind in the Bible, it's likened uh, in a lot of cases to different spirits. So he said, I'm feeding on the spirit of the devil. It's vexation. It, and he said it was vanity. It was emptiness. In other words, I, I'm always chasing that next high whether it's from uh, relationships, whether it's from uh, stimulus in the uh, pharmaceutical or, or, or whether it's materialism stimuli, whatever it might be, all of these things, you know, you, you and I have got to rationalize it. We've got to see it for what it is. And then we've got to put it under the truth of the Lord and say, my, I see that everybody's searching for the same thing. And thank God the Holy Spirit drawed me. God sent the Holy Spirit to draw you to salvation. And so now you're not having to, to search out and to seek empty things, lying, deceitful things, things that will not satisfy. You're in a place this morning where you have Jesus Christ. Come on. In Him, in Jesus, you are complete. The Bible says. Come on. In Him is the fullness of the Godhead. Colossians chapter 2. So this morning, you don't have to go running to and fro to find anything to satisfy you. You just have to stop and say, Lord, show me what I'm really searching for. Show me. I, I, I know what your word says, and so I decree your word out of my mouth. I am complete in the Lord. Say, so all of a sudden, then you cut the straw uh, that the devil's feeding you lies with. You cut the strings that the spirit of the world is trying to pull you with. You are not in and of this world. You are not to be manipulated by this world. But you're to be led and directed by the Holy Spirit of the living God who loves you with an everlasting love, who has a plan and a destiny for your life to take you to all the promises of God. Amen? Hallelujah. So everyone's searching. And, and, and different people have vexation. Uh, uh, they feed on things. Brother Ryan, uh, put Matthew sixteen twenty six. Jesus addresses the very same thing. Notice what he says. He says, For what has man profited? If you gain the whole world. See, we, we can spend all this time that's what Solomon did. He was the wealthiest man on the planet he, that has ever been. You, you ought to just sometime take 
the talents of gold that he was taking in and then convert that over to ounces and then multiply that in today's funds and it will boggle the mind. Bill Gates, nothing. Nothing. Bezos, nothing. Can't touch what Solomon had. All right? But what does it profit if you... I love it because the... The Berean Study Bible, uh, the, uh, they translate it, instead of lose your own soul, forfeit. What if you forfeit your own soul? See, the Bible says uh, all souls belong unto... But I can forfeit what God has made me steward over. If I choose other things rather than choosing what He would have for me. So this morning the Spirit of God is wanting to put an anointing on your life, on my life, that will destroy yokes off of us, that will show us things that is interfering in God's goodness for you. In God's goodness for me. Amen? That's a good place to say thank you, Lord. Okay. Let's, let's go to the New Testament. Uh, very familiar verses of Scripture. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. We was in chapter 1 just a moment ago. But let's look at the source. That Everybody we see, everybody's searching. Uh, the whole world is searching for joy. But let's look at the source, the source of joy. Now, in Philippians chapter 4, uh, for sake of time, let's just read verse 4. And you can quote this verse. But Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the world. Rejoice in relationships. In money? So all of those things are not the source. Who's the source? Rejoice in the Lord always. And two times for emphasis, again I say rejoice. So it goes back to a choice. See, I choose whether to cave into my feelings. I don't know what your battle is. My, my, my battle continually, and I'm not making a bad confession, I'm, I'm confessing my fault and I'm wanting the Lord to heal me of it. I want deliverance. I want victory. Is, is, is negativity. The, the, the spirit of negativity comes and, and starts showing me little things where I become the biggest nitpicker there ever was. You can't be happy when you're nitpicking. You can't have joy when you're nitpicking because those things, they start overwhelming you and you start trying to figure out, well, why is this this way and how can I... Then none of that matters. He said, rejoice in the Lord. Paul only got to come out and see daylight when somebody wrote him a letter and he had, as a Roman citizen, he could legally come out from this dungeon... uh, I mean, we could get into all of it. It's disgusting where he was at. But he got to come out and write a letter. And he says, rejoice in the Lord. In the Lord. And he says, do it at all times. All right, so if I'm going to rejoice in the Lord, I need to figure out how to do that. I need to start uh, applying some scripture in my life where I can start walking above the problem instead of walking through it. Remember? Jesus told Peter, come. And he walked on top of the troubled water. He only started sinking when he started looking at the circumstance, right? So I can what? You can what? We can walk on top of it if we'll look to Jesus. All right, John chapter 15, verse number 11. John 15 and 11. You there? John 15 and 11. These things have I spoken unto you. Now notice this. If we're going to have joy, if we're going to rejoice in the Lord always, we've got to see what our source is. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might uh, might be in you, and that your joy might be full. So, in other words, uh, when I get dissatisfied, when I get discouraged, when I get overwhelmed, I'm listening to all of these voices out here. Now, The devil is very subtle. The Bible says that the serpent was the most subtle beast of the field, right? So he's very cunning. And so he'll try to come as disguised. um, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He'll try to come disguised as an angel, transformed as an angel of light. 
And, and so he's going to try to sound like the Word of God. But the book of Revelation 13 tells us that he looks like the lamb slain, but he speaks like a dragon. So you can tell the difference, amen? So I've got to be able to what? I've got to be able to let the Spirit of God show me. You've got to let the Spirit of God show you what's the source. If it's not the words of Jesus, it's not going to bring joy. It's going to bring the opposite, right? So these things have I spoken unto you. Jesus said that his joy might be in me and my joy might be full. So I've got to feed on this Word. There is nothing more important than you and I reading the Word. Now, we're not talking about a marathon session. You know, you and I, we could get out of the will of God and take and read a whole book. And if that book wasn't inspired by the Holy Ghost, guess what? The devil will use it to hinder you and to hurt you. Because he'll take the letter of the law instead of the spirit of the law the spirit of grace, and he'll confuse you. He'll hurt you. So you just need what God wants you to feed on. Give us this day our daily. Come on. And so if we'll pray that prayer and we'll trust the Lord, he'll give us what we need. He said, these things that will I speak unto you that my joy might be in you. If I, Every area of my life this morning that I don't have joy, I had to repent to the Lord about. And say, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent of that. I renounce what I let replace your word. Now, as I renounce it, I want you to feed me again. Amen. And I, I want to take in what you have for me. And I want that to have the domineering. And that's a bad word. I want that to have the lordship in my life. Amen? Oh, glory. So, so there, there, there's a searching going on. And that searching leads us to the source if we're looking and leading by the Spirit of God in their life, to the Word. Th- this is it. Now turn over to the 17th chapter. John 17. Look at verse number uh, 13. John seventeen thirteen. And now come I to thee. This is the, the Lord's prayer for, for His disciples, for you and I even. And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. See, if we're listening to what Jesus is saying, we're not only going to have joy, but His joy is going to be fulfilled in our lives. In other words, you're going to be completed by His joy. In other words, you're going to be able to be empowered to walk through the storm, through the trial, through the situation, and you're going to overcome it. Amen? He has a word for us in every situation, in every circumstance. See, um, you know, sometimes I get to trying to to put myself on the throne. I say, Lord, why didn't you do it this way? I prayed the prayer of faith. You said if two agreed, I had two agree with me. All of these, and see, all of those things, they gender questions. Paul said, stay away from things that render questioning. Because it'll lead to sin. Just trust the Lord. Trust the Lord with all your heart and you'll lean not to your own understanding. See, I was leaning to my own understanding and saying, well, God... And then the devil loves that. When you say, in God, oh, he'll jump right up on your shoulder and he'll start talking eloquently. He'll start bringing words that will even add to more questioning and more questioning that leads to more doubt. And then if you hold on to that doubt, that doubt leads to unbelief. And when you get into unbelief, you're in a place that's dangerous territory. Because when I get into unbelief, then I start blaming God. I'm, we're, we're, the Lord's trying to handle a bunch of situations this morning, okay? So you just bear with me. We're going to hit all of them by the grace of God. Let's have a third witness. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1, verse number 4, about the source. 1 John chapter 1, verse number 4. And these things write we unto you. In other words, uh, all, all the 40 writers of the Bible, that God gave us the, the, the Bible through 40 authors over 1,600 years, right? And uh, 
and, and what he said was, And these things write we unto you, that your joy might be... He wants us to have, be full of joy. Full of joy. Unspeakable. So, what, I've, what the Spirit of God is wanting you to do this morning is to step back and the one thing that is causing you anxiety this morning, the one thing that's making you nervous, the one thing that's making you angry, the one thing that is disappointing you, stop and let the word that brought you to that place be revealed by the Spirit of God and you repent of it, you renounce it, and let the Spirit of God replace it. He has a word for you. That word then will take you to where you need to be, where I need to be. Amen. The place of being full of joy in that area. Romans fourteen seventeen. Romans fourteen seventeen. How many is in the kingdom this morning? How many's got the kingdom in them? You do, right? Yes, amen. All right. Here's your source. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace. So you're not your source of joy. You know that you have the Holy Ghost, you have the Holy Spirit, because you can't be saved unless the Holy Spirit draws you. And then when He draws you to salvation and you accept Jesus Christ, and it's so simple. When, 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 when you see that you have a need and you see that God wants to meet that need and the answer to that need is through Jesus Christ, so you simply believe in the heart. Say, Lord, I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ died for me. That He rose again. And death couldn't hold Him. I, I, I believe that through Him that I can be forgiven. And so I call upon the name of the Lord. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be delivered. Amen? Amen. And, and so you do that, I do that. And all of a sudden the kingdom of God comes and lives in you. Luke seventeen twenty one. And, and so now you have a source of joy. A source of joy. But you have to let the kingdom, in other words, you have to let Jesus be king and let him have dominion. Let him rule and reign. In other words, see, here's what I would do. Uh, here, here would come those feelings. Can I just be honest with you, okay? Because I'm not too smart without Jesus Christ. I am the dumbest person on the planet. Really, I don't even like myself without Jesus because I don't even know who I truly am because of all of this confusion. But through Jesus, I love myself. Through Jesus, you love yourself. Amen? All right? So, the, the, here comes all of these voices and all of these situations, everything being put under a microscope, and, 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 and it gets so negative and so dissatisfying. And I start trying to figure out how I can make this better, how I can make that go away. And all, all of these things is just growing and getting bigger and getting stronger. And I start giving them dominion. I yield to that. The moment I yield to that, that means I gave it more power than this Bible. I gave it more power than Jesus. And He has all power, right? Matthew 28. So I have to repent of that. I say, Lord, I'm sorry that I trusted in my feelings more than I trusted in the faith that you dealt to me in Romans 12, 3. Honesty. He loves honesty. Does he turn away from me? No. He runs to me because I, when I make this confession, when I'm honest with him, I'm really in reality running to him. Amen? Okay. So there's a search for joy. There is a source for joy. And that source is not something that you're having to look for externally. If you are born again, if you're a child of God, you have access to it. Now, we're in the 14th, turn over to the 15th chapter and look at verse 13. Romans 15, 13. Romans 15, verse number 13. Now, when? Right now, this morning. God wants you to leave here changed, amen? Now, the God of what? Fill you with joy and peace in believing. If you will believe that God wants to fill you this morning 
with joy and peace. If you'll just simply take Him at His word. And you'll walk out of here and you say, Well, I don't feel it, but I'm going by faith. I believe that I have been filled with joy and peace because I believe the Lord. Now notice this. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power, through the, the, the miracle working power of the Holy Ghost. So in other words, when you meet the enemy, it's not no longer going to be you standing on your own, but it's going to be the working of the Holy Spirit in your life, through your life, the Word of God to overcome. To walk in victory. To walk free. To walk delivered. Amen? And all of a sudden, and everybody that knows how you act and react and how situations affect you, they're around you and they go, Glory be to Jesus. God's on the scene. God is doing something. God gets the glory. People get hope. Come on, because you're filled with all hope. And you bestow that on them. And all of a sudden, they can start believing from where they're at to where God would have them to be. Amen? Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Okay. So, let's, let's, let's go um, and, and, and see something here. In the book of uh, Ecclesi- uh, Nehemiah, I know you know this verse, and you could quote this verse, but let's go to Nehemiah chapter 8. Let's look at the secret of joy in closing. The secret of joy. Uh, verse number 9, Nehemiah 8 and 9. And Nehemiah, which is um, the governor, and Ezra, uh, the priest, the scribe, and Levites, that taught the people. See, you and I, we have to be teachable. If we're going to have joy that is unspeakable, if we're going to have the secret of joy that brings true strength in our life, we've got to be teachable because whether we realize it or not, I was being taught by all of these lies. I was being taught by these feelings that I was feeling this negative spirit. That's teaching me. So why not reject that, renounce that, and let the Spirit of God bring His Word, His truth. Amen? All right. And said unto the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. In other words, anytime you and I are confronted with Jesus, it shows us where we're at because James chapter 1 tells us when we look into the Word of God, it's a mirror and it shows us where we're at, but it doesn't leave us there. It shows us where He's taken us to. Amen? All right, verse number 10. Then He said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, Drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. In other words, God is a giver. And He wants to give you His fullness, His best. But He wants to use you, His church, to give to other people who have nothing prepared. Because you're a vessel prepared meat for the Master's use. Amen? All right. For this day is holy unto our Lord, neither be ye sorrow. Don't be sorrowful. When you and I uh, hear the word of God and we see that there's something better, we shouldn't be sorrowful, but we should be expectant. For the joy of the Lord is what? It's your strength, your defense. This word, uh, it's like a fortification. The joy of the Lord is what keeps the devil away from you. The joy of the Lord is what uh, uh, impairs the devil from being able to get to your life. So when you when when we say the joy of the Lord is our strength, yes, praise God, it does strengthen us, uh, spirit, soul, and body. But it's your protection. It's your protection. See, because I don't know about you, but when I get down and out, that's when I make bad decisions. I think, well, if I do this, I'll have to feel better. Now, see, whatever your weakness is, you know, and I, you know, I always try to be completely honest with you so, you, so you'll understand, you know, what your, your, your weakness, whether it's uh, some people's weakness is credit card. Some people's weakness is the bottle, whether it's alcohol or pills. Uh, my weakness is I just want to eat everything inside. I try to make myself feel better with the sugar rush. Come on. 
Does it not feel better for a moment? Whatever, whatever your deal is, whether it's buying something, whether it's going somewhere, whether it's whatever it might be. But the joy of the Lord is my strength, is my defense. In other words, all of a sudden I recognize and realize I've been down this road before. I'm not a fool. You're not a fool. We don't do the same thing over and over expecting different results. We recognize and realize, and so this is my fortification. In other words, I, all of a sudden I sit down and I say, Lord, by faith I'm going to rejoice in you. I don't feel it. I don't see it. And to be honest with you, Lord, I don't want to. But all of a sudden you sit down and you start thanking the Lord. You start bringing your joy level up by realizing that God started to work. Remember what we read in, in Philippians 1? Uh, God started that work in you, and He is faithful to finish it. So you say, God, I know you're going to finish This is just a process. This is just a moment. This is a struggle, but I'm getting through it. I'm going through it. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm not going down. I'm going up. I'm going over. I'm going over in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's the truth. Now, Jesus made this statement. This just come to me. He said, I'll never leave you or I'll never. I'll be with you. Okay. So the Lord's always with us. Brother Ryan, put Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611. That will show me the path of life. In thy presence is. Who wants to run? I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you always. I'm always in the presence of the Lord, whether I feel like it or not. And in His presence is... Woo! Come on, so the, our feelings are a liar. Our situation is a liar. The devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. Amen? He wants to steal, kill, and destroy out of your life, out of my life, what God has for us. We cannot let down our defense. We cannot let down the joy. Amen? And, and so, when, when, you're, when you're in that struggle, so, so, uh, I get by myself. And, and some of the worst times, the hardest times, is after a service. You know, everybody's in the bed, and you're, you're just there by yourself, and, and you, you think about what God wanted to do and what He didn't get to do, and you think about how people are hurting, and you get to thinking, oh man, if you're not careful, you pick up a load that you were never meant to carry, and you think about what Jesus is supposed to carry, but you get to thinking about that, and you get to meditating on it, and all of a sudden, as you're there by yourself, you're in the struggle, and you let the struggle swallow you up instead of learning, learning how to pray through the struggle, amen? This morning, we've got to have the defense. The defense is, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to rejoice. I'll close with this true life illustration for you to take home with you. There was a, one of Napoleon's generals, uh, Messiah. Messiah. He was one of the top generals of Napoleon. And, and they come in, the French army come in, and they were going to overtake uh, this uh, city in Austria. And they they surrounded the city, and and all the people in, in in the city in Austria they they heard the horses, and they and they they could see the soldiers and all of these things, and so all the people of the city they got together, the leaders, and they made this decision. They said the best thing we can do is just turn ourselves over to him. Let's just resign our defeat, and maybe he will have mercy on us. But the pastor that was the city pastor, he stood up and he come to them. They called him a dean at that time. And he come to them and he, and he said, this ain't meant to be. He said, today is resurrection day. Passover day. Easter day is what we would say in, the, in this day and age. But anyway, and, and, and so he said, Let, we need to have church like normal and we need to rejoice in the Lord. And he urged them and the Spirit of God moved upon them and they all come together at the power of that word and they started rejoicing in the Lord and, and they made a progression toward the church. And the more they praised the Lord, the more the sounds echoed through that valley and up on the mountains where the army was. And all of a sudden the army got in fear because they thought that the Austrian army had come to save the town and they turned tail and ran. 
The devil will not stay around when you praise Jesus Christ. He will turn tail and run. Amen. We've got to praise the Lord. We've got to rejoice in the Lord. That is our defense. That's our stronghold. That's our place of protection. Even though it don't look like it and we don't feel like it, that's the answer. And all of a sudden, everything that had us bound, everything that was holding us back, it falls off by the power of Jesus Christ. Amen? Pray with me. Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, right now, Lord, you know where each person is in their life. You know their heart. You know where they're struggling. You know where they're abounding. But I believe that by the power of the Spirit of God, as you read each one of our hearts, that you will give us a word that will touch us where we're at. Lord, right now, the, the, the sadness that is in some of our eyes because of the situation in our heart, we give you permission to come in and to touch our heart and to wipe our tears and to give us the answer, to give us the solution. Lord, let it be. Let it be. Let each person hear what they need to hear where they can choose to rejoice by faith in you and they can see every situation change. The secret of joy will come in their life. Father, let it be. We ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let it be. Would you come this morning and make yourself an altar up here at these altars? Or if you don't feel comfortable doing that, make yourself an altar at your chair. Would you just spend some time with the Lord? Let Him talk to you. This is a, a day that you can just look up into heaven with your heart and say, Lord, I receive an anointing that will destroy yokes off my life. I'm going to leave here. I'm going to leave here different than the way I came. I'm going to leave here with the ability of knowing that you love me with an everlasting love, that you have a plan for my life, that there is something better. No longer controlled by circumstance, but controlled by the Spirit of God that you have in your heart. Would you come? If you have special need this morning, would you raise your hand? I'll come pray with you. The greatest thing we can do is, is to believe in the heart and confess with the mouth. And if you need help doing that, I would love to help you. Jesus is calling you this morning. He wants you to know that He's naming you as His own. He's got a name He wants to write down in the Lamb's Book of Life in His own blood because He has such a destiny for your life. 